something begins to happen. And what happens is with these, with this young lady, this Anna, at the time she was a twin, and she, like I said, she was tortured tremendously from Angola. Her and her sister survived. And fast forward a number of years, Anna decides to do something quite controversial. What does she decide to do? She gets a hold of a Nazi doctor in Germany, meets with his Nazi doctor in Germany, and gets him to sign a letter. I'm gonna, I'll send the link out later if you want. Um, it's an amazing, it's a 14 minute, if we had you know a full hour or 45 minutes, I would, I would actually watch with everybody. It's about 14 minutes long. But we don't have the time, so we're not gonna do it. She ends up bringing him to Auschwitz, and in Auschwitz, they sign another letter and in the letter, she says that I forgive Dr. House, that was his name, H-A-Z. I forgive Mengele. I give amnesty to the entire Nazis. And we have to learn how to forgive. This causes a tremendous uproar, as you can imagine, particularly among Holocaust survivors and their families and the Jewish people. How can she do this? Fast forward a year later, Again, there's a well-known trial in Germany of what is called the Accountant of Auschwitz. Gurig is his name. The reason why they put him on trial is because he admits on BBC uh, to being part of the Holocaust. In response to not in response to Holocaust deniers, he says he was there, he was on the ramp, he saw all the goods, he knew that all the Jews were being exterminated. And because he basically admits to everything, a few years later they put him on trial. <clears throat> They will end up convicting him. But in the middle of this trial, in some small town in Germany, Anna shows up and she goes over to him in front of everybody and she gives him a big hug and kiss. Says, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. There were a number of Holocaust survivors there who were testifying, they were screaming, they were yelling, it's quite emotional. Go take a look online, do a very quick Google search and you'll see her. She's become, um, she's, she's quite famous. And she starts a whole like online forgiveness project and she feels she's anacor a-n-a-k-o-r you'll see it there and what's really really shocking about her is that i think did i spell her name right i'm not sure i, I uh, i'm spelling it right The internet is not doing great. Whatever, those of you that are on are on Zoom, I just put it in the um, in the group chat. You'll see the link over there. So, the my question that I want to ask is: Can you forgive a Nazi? How do you forgive? And the article and the discussion really, in many ways, is all about forgiveness. How, is there a right way to forgive? Is there a wrong way to forgive? This 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 is a you know can you forgive somebody who doesn't even apologize? You sometimes have these situations in families where you have two brothers or a sister or a mother or a father they're so mad they don't even talk to each other anymore. Just get over it. Just forgive the person. Just give them a hug. Well, if that's true, what would you do about a Nazi? Should you just forgive? Can you forgive? Is there remorse? Is there no remorse? How do you how do you even begin to have this 
discussion. So I want to I want to fast forward to what I think is a very very important source.、Um, and I, I haven't done sources in a long time. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Actually, the sources are today.、Um, but what I want to do right now is I want to read. I'm going to read and translate. The Rambam, as many of you know, wrote and codified all of Jewish law, halacha, and he's in many ways, with the exception of, you know, it, it, it's actually very interesting. When it comes to the laws of repentance, it takes a thousand years for someone to write a book on the laws of repentance, on the concept of tshuva, on the concept of returning, which is very, very interesting, by the way.、Um, there's no Gemara about tshuva. There's no book on tshuva. There's nothing. In its totality, until you know the Shari Tshuva, you know, Yonah, right? In the Middle Ages, they begin to write about Tshuva. Why that is is not is not for now. But it's a very interesting concept. Why is it? There's nothing about Tshuva. Why is that like really documented in great detail? A little bit in the Talmud at the end of Yoma, you know, sprinkled here and there. But there's really it's the Rambam、um, and around that time period where people really begin to talk about to talk a little bit about Tshuva. And so I want to actually show you a. Read to you, anyways, a、um, very interesting statement by、uh, the Rambam, and I want you to tell me. I think, what do you think is the real interesting? What is the most important component of tshuva? How would you define it? What what does it consist of? And perhaps even more importantly, what's its real real function? And to me, the real way to understand this is you need to really look at the、um, the text of the Rambam that I'm just trying to bring up right now. One second, I saved it in a file. There it is. I found it. Okay, good. So here we go. I'm going to read from the beginning of the laws of tshuva, and I'll read and I will、um, and I'll translate. Here we go. So the Rambam writes. Oh, let me actually share this with everybody. Give me one second to do a screen share. There we go. By the way, that's the、um, that's Anna. There she is, right there. Is right, Anna. Sorry, I apologize. Name's not Anna. Name is Eva. My mistake. Name is Eva Kor, E V A K O R. That's that article that I wanted to show you, and now I want to show you、um, the Maimonides piece. So the Rambam writes in the Laws of Tshuva that there is in fact a positive commandment. There's a positive commandment、uh, to do tshuva. And the way he formulates it, and we know in the Rambam, he's very meticulous about his about his language. And if you look very carefully at the language of the Rambam, you're going to notice something quite fascinating. As I'm just procrastinating right now, as it's the reason not coming up that quickly. I think I'm having internet issues. Yeah, I am having internet issues. My kids must be using it.
there we go. Okay, good. Excellent. So, one one mission at Torah one one. This is a language. I'm gonna be very, I'm gonna really really just write you the first few words, the words that really matter in this case, and they are the following. Here we go. Ready? Vidui ze mitzvata se. Vidui. What is vidui? Confession is a positive commandment. Kate said mitzvadim. How do you do vidui? Meaning the Rambam thinks there's the right way and a wrong way. Is that interesting? How do you mean? Is the wrong way to do vidui? Rambam says yes. Confessing something. It's not a do whatever you want. It doesn't work that way. There's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. So that already is shocking that there's a wrong way to do it because you'd think that no, no, no. How could there be a wrong way? Isn't it what I feel like? Is no. The answer that Maimonides says is there's a certain language that you need. So what is that language? I'm going to tell you right now. <clears throat> a person says the following. Ready? An Hashem chatat vidi b'shatil fenacha asidikach fakach. I did X and Y. I did X, so let's pretend Johnny. I like picking on Johnny. Um, I punched Johnny in the face. Pretend Johnny's my younger brother. So God, by the way, Anna, I'm going to say something which is not so controversial. Those of you that have heard me before, I know I say this a lot. Anna really does not mean please. It's an incorrect translation. Anna probably means right now, in a sense of immediacy. Um, okay. Uh, so again, Anna Hashem. So, what's the language here? Let me tell you, God, right? It's a declaration. What did I do? I sinned. I did all these different transgressions. What's the difference between a chet and a von and a pesha? Take a look at the Rav Salvejek's Alachuva. He goes into great detail what they mean. So the first thing is I recognize that even though I punched Johnny in the face, I realized I did that in front of God. I did X and Y. I punched Johnny in the face. I have and I have regret from what I did. I'm not going to punch John in the face anymore. Okay? That, the Ramam says, is the essence of Vidui. Now listen to this next line. That's very strange. Whoever elongates, whoever extends Vidui, and continues doing this, is praiseworthy. You're kidding me? That makes no sense. It's, the more you confess, is praiseworthy. That seems preposterous. The Rambam only writes that phrase: "The more you do, is praiseworthy." In one other location, which is actually quite famous. I'm sure you all know where it is. It is, of course, with V'chola Marich Be Sipor Yitzchak Mitzrayim. Where is Meshubach? Only two places the Rambam says: "The more, the merrier." Sipor doesn't necessarily understand praise of God. Talk about the greatness that God did the Seder night. But Vidui? What are you talking about? Going over to a person or going over to God and saying, I punched John in the face, I punched him in the face. I said, How many times can you say I'm sorry? How many times can you say it? How many times can you articulate it? Both in front of Johnny and in front of God. Very, very strange. But he says, Raise him a Shubach. We're now going to fast forward. Where are we fast forwarding to? I will show you. We have to jump to chapter 2, which means I just slide down. Here we go. Says Maimonides, says the Rambam. I love his analogy. One second. Here we go. Umahi tshuva. What's tshuva? Oh, by the way, I, I should mention this. The Rambam says there's no mitzvah of tshuva, there's no mitzvah of vidui. That also doesn't make any sense to me. 
only a mitzvah to confess, not to do tshuva? What, what do you mean? What does that mean? So says the Rambam, what, what is tshuva? Wait, is this tshuva or is this vidui? It's very confusing. I don't understand. Umahi tshuva, hu shezov achotecheto, v'yisrom ha-machshavo, v'yigmor b'libosh So let's go back to my Johnny case, because it's a great case. And what do I do? I decide that what? I'm no longer going to hit Johnny in the face. Yazov ha-chotecheto. So maybe right now I'm holding Johnny in my hand, you know, and I'm punching him in the face, and now I'm abandoning Johnny. So I'm dropping my, I'm dropping Johnny on the ground. He's a, I beat him up, he's my younger brother, and now I'm stopping to do it. That's what it says. I'm abandoning the chet. I won't do it again. I'm not going to punch Johnny tomorrow either. And not only that, but I feel very bad that I punched Johnny in the face yesterday, or five minutes ago. Okay, and then he quotes the number of psukim. But then the Rambam says, you must look the language here, English. It is essential that his confession shall be spoken with words in his lips. He quotes the verse, quotes the passage. As I said, what? Wait, what's going on here? What's the tshuva? What's the vidui? What do I have to? What's the connection between the two? Is right? Very, very strange. But the Rambam is actually going to help us. Because the Rambam will give us an analogy that's going to be very helpful. And this analogy hopefully will answer our questions. What's the analogy? Here we go. I'm reading you from the third law, the third halacha, second chapter, Paragbeis, in Pilchos Tshuva. Says the Rambam. Whoever does confession. But what do I do? Let's go back to my case. I say... I say the words, oh, it feels so bad, it feels so bad, I beat up John, it feels so bad. But I don't really gamar belibo lazov. I haven't really, like, like resolved myself to abandon the sin. This is analogous to harizadome letovel v'sheretz biado. To a person who goes into the mikvah and holds on to a sheretz. Now, you have to know a very simple halacha. Halacha is, what happens if you're holding on to a sheretz and you're going to the mikvah? Does that help? Of course not. Look at the next line. If you're holding on to an item that gives you ritual impurity, can't go to the mikvah. It's not going to help you. So you throw away the sheretz. And you have to be frozen. Okay. What's going on? What is this analogy? The Rambam gives us an analogy about a person who wants to go to the mikvah, holding on to a rodent, and you have to let go of the rodent in order to use the mikvah. Okay, what? How? What's the comparison to chufa? Answer. Anybody out there or here want to try to figure out what's this connection between? It's not the best form for audience participation. I'm aware of that. So I'll also save time. So I'm going to nod my head and say, okay, here's what you, you are going to say. I'll just explain what you're thinking. If I go into a mikvah and I'm holding the dead bug, the mikvah has no effect on me. I'm still impure. But if I let go of the rodent and I immerse in the mikvah, then I'm now in the state of purity. 
So going into the mikvah has no function and no ability to purify me unless I let go of the dead rodent. Says the Rabbah, if you want to do, if you do vidui and you confess, but you don't let go of the sin, then you've done nothing. You must let go of the sin. You must let go of the rodent. You follow? So here's my question. This is really interesting. The goal of tshuva is not tshuva. <laughs> you follow? The goal of tshuva is just letting go of the rodent. Tshuva is stopping to beat up Johnny. And what you really need to do is, is vidui. Vidui is the essence. Tshuva is the prerequisite. You follow? The mikvah is what you need to do, but you got to drop the rodent. This is this is this is fascinating. Because that's why the Rambam says, what's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is vidui. But wait a second. If you do vidui with no tshuva, your vidui was useless. If you go to the mikvah and you don't do tshuva, if you go to the mikvah and you hold on to the rodent, you've done nothing. You've confessed. You've confessed, but it's lip service because you're still beating up Johnny, you've done nothing. So when the Rambam says, and I'm sure some of you might be familiar with this, that the Rambam says, oh yeah, you have to pass, you have to, right? You're not going to do it again in the future, regret the past, stop beating up Johnny. All that is the exact same thing in different time zones. It's called past, present, future. Meaning, you need to stop beating up Johnny today, regret that you did it yesterday, say you're not going to do it tomorrow. All those three things are the same thing. It's just not being a Johnny in three different dimensions, past, present, future. That's true. Meaning you need to say, I'm no longer being a Johnny. I'm no longer eating cheeseburgers. I, I regret I ate a cheeseburger yesterday. It was good. What are you going to do? I regret I'm not going to do it right now. I'm eating a cheeseburger, putting it down, dropping it. This is from Sips, kosher, kosher, Sips, right? And tomorrow I'm not going to eat a cheeseburger. I'm not going to eat up Johnny. That's tshuva. But that's not the goal. That's a prerequisite. The goal is vidui. The goal is to go into the mikvah. The goal is to confess. Isn't that interesting? That's the mitzvah to say. Why? Answer. Vidui is the goal. Confession is the goal. Chuva is the prerequisite. And I will explain why. I believe it's because the goal is not to stop sinning. <laughs> that you have to do. Sorry, everybody. Bad news. You can't be no giant anymore. You gotta cut back on those cheeseburgers. But you know what? It's not enough. If you've beaten up Johnny and you stop being up Johnny, Johnny's very happy that you're not pulverizing him. But you didn't do something which is integral. You didn't confess. What does confession mean? You go to Johnny and say, Johnny, I'm very sorry for what I did. I've been beating up a lot lately. It's not right. I'm sorry I did it yesterday. I'm sorry I did it today. I will not do it tomorrow. Friends, put your hand up. That, my friends, is Vidui. Because Vidui is about mending relationships. The mitzvah say is Vidui. It's about mending relationships. When you hurt somebody, whether it's God or a friend, even if you stop sinning, you still hurt a relationship. You've destroyed. You put a black stain on a relationship. You spoke ill about somebody. 
It's all nice that you're stopping to spread malicious information about somebody. Great, you stopped. Yeah, but what about the reputation? What about that friendship? You have to mend that relationship. You have to mend that friendship. When you sin against God, you have to mend that relationship too. It's not enough to stop sinning. Fix relationships. How do you fix relationships? Vidui mitzvat asay. Vidui is about mending relationships. Going over to that person who you hurt and saying, "I'm sorry for what I did." That's the mitzvat asay. That's the goal. You have to fix those relationships. You have to mend those relationships. It is not enough to stop sinning. Our goal is to truly have meaningful relationships with our friends, family, and of course, the Rebbeinu Shalom, the Master of the Universe. And that's why we understand Rambam now. Rambam says, "What's the mitzvah vidui? So you got to do tshuva. What's tshuva? Stopping to do what you're doing. But that's not enough because vidui mends relationships. Why? Because when you admit something, right? Vidui comes from the word. I should have said this earlier. The root word of vidui is vav dalit hey. Vav dalit hey is a great word because it means vade. It means confession. It also means to admit. From the word modani, admit." Right and to thank, toda. Why? Because they're all the same thing. Confession, thanking, and admitting are really the exact. See, Hebrew is beautiful. It means what it says. Says what it means. When you admit something, you know what that means. You know what that is. Thanking. I'm recognizing that what you did. You know, you thank the waiter for bringing you soup. Remember those days you used to sit at restaurants, right? Waiters bring you soup and you say thank you. It's been a long time, but I remember doing that. Although I didn't really order soup. I know I order soup at the restaurant. And you order soup. And the waiter brings you soup. And you say thank you for bringing the soup. What do you say? What do you say? We bring the soup for. You pay me money. No, the answer is you still thank me. They need your service. You didn't have to get up and walk to the kitchen to get your soup. You thank somebody. You admit. You recognize what they did for you. You needed them in your life. You needed for you to bring that soup, right? When you thank somebody, thank you so much for coming today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for. When you thank somebody, you're admitting that you're lacking something, and they completed something. They gave you something. Provided you something. So when you confess and you admit and you thank. All have that same essential component to it. That is what vidui is. When you confess, you're admitting to God you're lacking something. You admit to that person, what are you lacking? I need this relationship. I, I want that relationship back. There's something lacking in my life, and you're also thanking them for having that relationship with them, that integral relationship that builds you, that provides you, that nurtures you, and that gives for you. And I think that's really the essence of these days. So maybe we should spend more time now. Oh, oh, that's the question. Why does the Rambam say that? What? Why does the Rambam say, "Rochol hamar b'mishubach"? Right. The answer is because it's not the dropping of the sheretz that's mishubach. It's not the tshuva that's mishubach. It's the vidui that's mishubach. Why? You can never work on a relationship. There's never. You can never um, not work on a relationship. There's always more you can do. There's always more you can mend. Why is it mishubach? It's praiseworthy. See, the more you can admit. More you could thank, more you could confess. Wow, that's an amazing thing. That truly will enhance a relationship. That's why vidur is meshubach. Tshuva can never be meshubach. Once you drop the rodent, once you stop doing the sin, you stop doing the sin. It's finite. But vidui, the enhancing relationships, the repairing the relationships, the building relationships, that has absolutely no limit. That's why my Maoris, the Rambam, can say, "Harei zem meshubach." The more. The merrier. May we have the zchut, the merit, the opportunity to truly not just stop hurting other people. That's not sufficient, people. It's mending relationships, 
repairing relationships, recognizing that we need others in our lives, spiritually, digitally, whatever it may be, and of course, the Almighty Himself, that we work on relationships, build our relationships, enhance our relationships, for now, and for God willing, many years to come. Wishing everybody a good Shabbat Shabbat Shalom, Tivat Tova, Shabbat Good, you're a healthy, you're healthy year to everybody, and we'll see you on the days in between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Happy, happy, happiest day of the year, everybody, on Yom Kippur. Thanks for joining me.